So the Enneagram, unlike other personality tests, and this is why I love it, is it gets down to the why. So why do we think? Why do we feel? Why do we? Why do we behave the way that we do? Yeah. Um, not like observing behavior only, you know. And so what it's doing is getting to like, what are your core fears? What are your core desires? What's your core weakness? And then what's your core longing? Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, sweet, gorgeous, beautiful, amazing friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. This, I've been itching. I've been itching and ready to have this episode for about mm, two years, (laughs) Uh, maybe even longer, actually. This is without a doubt the most requested topic for the Life Coach Baker podcast, like hands down, no questions asked. And um, I first started getting asked to do an episode totally devoted to the Enneagram about two and a half, three years ago when the podcast was just starting to pick up a little steam. And I, I was immediately like, I love the Enneagram. I know a good deal about the Enneagram. I have all my clients take the Enneagram quiz, so I know best how to coach them. But can I really do an Enneagram podcast justice? And that's not me belittling myself or like saying that I don't know enough about it. It's more me just saying like, I want to have an expert on this episode. I want to really give it its all and enter the amazing Kelsey Lincoln. I mean, like incredible human being. I've been following her for a while, a while on social media and I've just been loving her posts, really resonating with her message. And I love that it's like, it's about the Enneagram, but it's a more holistic view of the Enneagram. Um, looking at it as like, this is not your identity and everything you attach yourself to. It's just a way to understand yourself better. And I love that. I love that about her. And when her and I first started chatting, I mean, first and foremost, it's clear that she knows the Enneagram 
And not only the Enneagram types backwards and forwards, she knows the in-depth versions of every single type. And it's just, that was exactly what I was wanting in a guest for this episode. And she just above and beyond delivered because not only in this episode, do we dive into the nine types. And anytime I hear an Enneagram episode, it's like, okay, type one is this, this is this, type two is this, this is this, type three, da, 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 da. And it's very more surfacey. And right before we started recording, Kelsey asked me, she was like, hey, like, do you want me to do like a really deep dive of each type or just kind of do a surface level? And I was like, fuck, like, let's do a deep, I want a deep dive of each of these because I don't hear that very often. And we spend basically the entire episode going through each of the nine types. And I say that because that's how in depth we went in each type. And I think that was really special and important. We don't only talk about you know, like what are their traits and stuff like that. We talk about like their motivations, their self-sabotaging patterns, their strengths, everything. But this was selfishly a very special episode for me because as we're going through, I mentioned to Kelsey that I've been kind of like typed across the board a little bit. Um, There's been a few that I resonate more with others and there's been a few I get more than others. But I kind of wanted a little bit of like a, I want to go through this and see what would my type be? Like, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of it. And she nails it. She absolutely nails it. And it was not what I was expecting. And I think that makes it even freaking better. So I've teased this enough. Without further ado, let's dive into this incredible conversation with the wise, wonderful the wonderful human. I just can't even speak enough positive about her, Kelsey Lincoln. Welcome, Kelsey, to the podcast. I'm so Thank excited you. to have you. Me too. I feel so honored to be on this. Thank you. I cannot tell you how long an episode about Enneagram in the making is. <laughs> like way back when, when we first started the show, I started getting people asking me like, can we do an episode on Enneagram? Can we do an episode on Enneagram? And I'm like, look, I know Enneagram, but I don't know the yeah. like people like you do. Right. And so I'm so grateful that you're here. I would love to do a quick little overview. Who are you yeah. and what do you do? Yes. So I'm Kelsey. I'm a certified Enneagram coach. So um, I've done a di- different various jobs in my life. And then over the like probably last two years, got certified in Enneagram. Um, and was like, I want to be a coach. This is so cool. This is like a perfect job for me. Um, so I learned about the Enneagram probably in like 2015 and just kind of what we all do, right? Like coffee table, talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thought I was a certain type, took the test, wasn't that type. Um, actually had an Enneagram coach come to uh, a work retreat we were doing with my other job and um, I was like, I want to do what he's doing. That's so cool. It's like my dream job. So anyways, I followed suit and I um, got certified. And ever since then, I've been coaching individuals um, through the Enneagram. So a lot of like just discovering your type because that in and of itself is like one of the hardest parts to figure out. Why is um, it so hard? I'm, cur- I'm so sorry yeah. to interrupt. Why is it no. so difficult? Because there are so many tests out there. Why is it so hard to figure out which type you are? So obviously like with any test, it just isn't perfect, right? It's like we're complex human beings. We also answer things more so how we want to be perceived 
than oh. like how we actually are. <laughs> so real. Sorry, but true. <laughs> like, oh, I'm really fun and I'm outgoing and I'm this. And it's like, are you though? Um, so, and we all do it. Uh, yeah. But all that to say, like, we don't always see ourselves how we really are. And so like, it's all about self-awareness. So usually you could take the test at a certain time in life where you're really stressed. And so there's so much complexity to the Enneagram. Like we take on behaviors and uh, characteristics of types where, that are not our type when we're stressed. So you could look like your stress type. Um, we also have things called wings, which are the numbers to the left and right of us. And maybe you pick up more of that. Um, there are just so many nuances that a test just can't really get to the bottom of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say like so many people do tests and it is their type and they're like, oh yeah, I get that. That's me. Um, but most people don't, which is crazy. And so, um, also we're analyzing behaviors and not motivations. And the Enneagram is all about our motivations. So can you talk that out? I'm really curious. Yeah. So the Enneagram, unlike other personality tests, and this is why I love it is it gets down to the why. So why do we think, why do we feel, why do we, why do we behave the way that we do? Um, not like observing behavior only you know? And so what it's doing is getting to like, what are your core fears? What are your core desires? What's your core weakness? And then what's your core longing? And so it's again, not like everyone thinks like, well, this is just my box. Like this is the only core fears I have. Like, no, you can have all nine types in you. It's just like, think of it like varying levels. Mm -hmm. You have one dominant type forever. So people always ask like, does your type change? And it's like, no, you might test differently. You might think you're a certain type, but your type is not supposed to change. It's like you were born with it and you grow and you can change and you can like heal certain parts of your type. Right. But all that to say, it doesn't ever change. And so, um, yeah, I, it's just like getting down to those motivators that are most dominant in you. Um, and that's kind of how you figure it out. Interesting. So yeah. when you are coaching people, how do you coach them based off of Enneagram? How does that work? Yeah. That's so a what really I, broad question. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. So my, like, I guess, coaching style, if you will, is obviously through the lens of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we figure out your type, we, I have um, five different sessions called grow, like growing in your type. And that is just a deep dive into your type. We learn about what were your childhood patterns like? Um, what are your relationship issues? What are you like in stress? What do you like when you're growing at your best? Um, what are some defense mechanisms that are probably pretty dominant in you that come up and communication issues? Um, so we're deep diving into the into your type. At the same time, I'm balancing life coaching. So a lot of it is like, okay, we need self-awareness to grow. Um, but I'm also like, what are your goals too? And how can these like marry each other and how can we like move through and grow in your type? And like, what are life circumstances? Like I have some people come to me, like, I'm really struggling with communicating with people. I feel like they don't receive my communication well or having issues in my marriage or whatever it is. And so that would be like, let's talk about that through your lens of your type. If that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. Do you have a certain type that comes to your coaching practice more than the others? 
Oh, good question. I'm just abandoning um, our sheet, by the way. I'm I probably like, should like, that's okay. <laughs> I should probably tally that now because I've gotten that question. Honestly, I've been, I'll tell you what I've been surprised by. I have a lot of fives come to me. Um, Interesting. And I would say, I'll just to give you a brief overview, they're more usually the more very introverted private type. Um, they're very heady, like very knowledge-based. They want all the information all the time. Yeah. Um, they're more isolated. Like they like alone time. They need a ton of time to recharge. So they're just like not people you would assume would just like be chomping at the bit to like row and, you know, but I've loved it. It's been so fun because I think sometimes they really struggle with communication. Like they don't know how to share their feelings or know what they're feeling. And so I actually, so because they're so knowledge-based and want to gather all the information, I think that's why they've been more interested in Enneagram than I like would have assumed. So that's definitely one type I like wasn't really expecting. Yeah. The On the opposite end, I have a lot of ones and ones yep. are perfectionist. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and that makes sense because they want to grow and like figure out how to be their best. Um, yep. So, and they're actually, yeah, very interesting to coach too. So yeah, I would say those are like probably if I were to rank them, the, the top that I get. But I've luckily had all types, which has been really fun. That is really cool that you have had all nine. That's yeah. a really good segue. I want to talk about each type. Okay. And like, okay, gearing up. Like, here we go. But um, I'd love to know just for the audience to get that deep dive into what each of these types are. And yeah, you you are the knowledge base. Let's do it. Yes. And like, this is how I usually type, help people figure out their type is going through all nine types. So it's almost like a little cheat sheet for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But usually like, instead of going to a test, go to the core core motivations. That's what we're going to walk through really quick um, of each type. And that is where I want people to identify. Oh, that sounds most like me. Oh, I relate to this type too, but this is more dominant me. Like we're always comparing like, well, what's more true of you? Don't think like what type isn't me or isn't, or is, is me, sorry, is me or isn't me. Right. It's just like, I have all of these to some level, but what's dominant in me, um, which still is like challenging to get to, but we'll, we'll start there. So I'll start with once, um, moral perfectionist. So Yes, on your podcast talking about perfectionism. <laughs> um, Listen up, it. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, a lot of people assume they're perfectionistic in every way of their life, like organization, like their stereotype is like everything's perfect in their house and clean and all that, right? Um, and that can be true for some ones. A lot of ones are like that. However, with the reason it's titled moral perfectionist is because they actually care more about like right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So they have a core fear of like being wrong, making mistakes, being like inappropriate in any way or unredeemable or being viewed as these things even. Um, their core desires to have integrity, to be good, like or seen as good. Um, so they're going to want to be rule followers and do mm-hmm. things Sometimes it's more like what they think the rules are. (laughs) So it doesn't always have to be like society's version of rules. Like it can, but um, like what's true for them, I guess. Um, They also want to be very right, like very black and white thinkers. And so usually their growth is like, let's find the gray in life. Um, (laughs) Core weakness for them is resentment. 
which looks like they repress a lot of their anger because they don't feel like anger is a good thing to show. And so like they just let it ruminate for a long time and then they it kind of like seeps out onto others. So what it looks like is um, they're critical of people. They're judgmental of like, you know, their life choices or whatever. Also, they're very critical of themselves sometimes um, for not being perfect. Right. Like they have that inner critical voice that's really loud. And that is what actually makes them stand out. Um, apart from any other type, like a lot of other types, we have an inner critic, but theirs is like beyond, you know? Mm. Um, and then their core longing, which is basically the message you wanted, you want and need to hear. So even as a kid, it's like, what message did your little kid brain need to really hear about you? Oh um, and that is, <laughs> and that is that you are good. Yeah. So any any thoughts on ones? Yeah, I would love your feedback as we go through too. I've coached a lot of ones. I because <laughs> yeah. I have them, I have them take the Enneagram tests and nice. a lot of them sometimes they'll come back with being like, I got this, but I know I'm this. And it's a yes. lot of times I got this, but I know I'm a four. <laughs> like yeah. I get that a lot actually. Yes. Um, but I do get a lot of people getting ones, and that black and white thinking is mm-hmm. so prominent, especially. Um and the, the moral right and wrong. I definitely yeah. see that a lot. Totally. And I, oh man, I, I have a best friend who's a one as well. And I just hear that. And I'm like, yep, that's her. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. absolutely do a T. <laughs> yes. And like, obviously to all of these types, there's no perfect type. There's no mm-hmm. best type, right? Like they all have strengths and weaknesses and like, we all have that. So yeah, they're amazing people. They want to do good for the world. They do do that. But also yeah. like, there's a lot of growth there. Um, so two supportive advisor or like befriender because they have all the friends, they love people. They're so warm. They're welcoming, um, their core fears being rejected or unwanted or being thought of like worthless or needy, um, and really like unworthy of love. Like they are always wanting to be needed. And so they try to do that by like helping. So sometimes they're called the helper. Um, their core desires to be appreciated, loved and wanted. Um, they have a core weakness. And again, this is like that main thing you struggle with, um, which is pride. And people are like, what twos are prideful? Like, cause they totally don't look like it on the outside. Yeah. They seem very selfless point is they are, but it's like to a detriment. Mm-hmm. So it's like they deny their own needs, their own emotions, and they're constantly focusing on the emotions of others, caring for others, and inserting their help, even when not asked, because they kind of need to know they're appreciated. Yeah. So sometimes it can look like giving a gift, right? Like, well, I'm going to give this person a gift so that they tell me how much they love me and appreciate me. And a lot of times it's unconscious. Like, yeah, they don't always know that. Um, and so it's hard for twos to hear that because they're like, that's like my worst. Like, I don't want to be that, you know, but just admitting like, well, the goal is like, you feel so loved and know that you're loved and wanted despite what you do for others. So then you can get from like a more full heart. Right. Yeah. But that pride does come in. Also, they're so good at loving others. So sometimes it's like, I know exactly what this person needs. I know how to love them well. Yeah. And like that works. So it's like becomes this, you know, confirmation for them almost. But what they really need to hear is that, yeah, they're wanted in love no matter how they help serve or love others, like just being you. Um, I don't know if you want to stop there because 
And you, I don't know if you want to talk about your, your Can hope you of see my life. face just being like, yeah. oh my God. Like, oh my I think God. You told me you're between a two and a three, right? I always get, if I'm taking like the truly yeah. Enneagram, I always get either two or three at 98. And then the wow. second one is two or three at 97. So it's either like a three wing two or a yes. two wing three. But just hearing that the whole like. I mean, like as much as I hate to admit it, that giving to get whole, whole, whole buddy, that's real. <laughs> like Christmas time is my favorite time oh, of year because yeah. I love giving gifts and I yeah. love seeing the look on their face and I love the appreciation uh-huh. that comes back. But um, that that's pressing your own emotions shit. Wow. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Well, personally yes. attacked right there. <laughs> yes. But yes. It, I, I, oh, I, this is why I love it. So this is just so fascinating. Yeah. But that, and, that really resonated. Okay. That's good to know. And yeah, as we think about that, like, or as you, you know, feel that compared to the three as we go there, mm-hmm. but, but again, like, yeah, twos are amazing. Like, right. There's so many beautiful strengths. We like need twos in the world. Um, yeah. But also like they have to do their own work of like, how can I pay attention to myself a little bit more to get my needs met in a different way? What are some ways you recommend twos doing? Because I coach, I again, I coach a lot of twos. A lot right. of people pleasers listen to this podcast, which yeah, is people pleasing too. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what are your recommendations for people with with twos to like get into that self looking? Yeah, it's hard, right? Like they've been, you know, it's their whole life has just been that like automatic response of like inserting help one is boundaries so like learning healthy boundaries like it's okay to say no (laughs) like huge for twos (laughs) figuring that out is big and that is like a thing you got to work on um and I'm giving you like snapshots right but um also I say alone time which twos are like no sometimes (laughs) some some twos are introverted how did you read my mind like that I love it. Um, yeah. So you need alone time to like actually know what you're feeling. And this is what happens. Twos will be like alone and journaling. And then all of a sudden, like, they'll be like, I got to text that person. wonder how they're doing. And oh my that... get out of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so scary. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so all I have to say though, like that it's almost like an addiction, you know, like, and I, we all have addictions, right. Mm-hmm. Of like responses we want to like we just do. Um, and they're not bad inherently. Right. But they're not always serving us. So I say like, resist, put your phone away, like resist any urge. Like this is you time, protect it, get your needs met. Self-care is so important. And just doing things like literally for yourself, um, not on behalf of others is so, so important. Doesn't mean you're not going to do things for others and love others. It actually means you're going to do that more or just better, you know, because you're going to be more full doesn't lead to burnout in that same way. Um, maybe you have more mutual relationships. Often I hear twos like, I feel like no one loves me the way I love them. Or like friendship's hard. It's not so mutual or whatever. And totally get that. But I think part of it is because you've almost trained people like I give and give and give. You know, I don't need anything. I'm good. Yeah. And it's like, no, like relationships work where you get to express your needs too, but you have to know what those are. And so that's why I say get alone time. Do you find it too? <laughs> it's a lot harder for them to be vulnerable with other people. Like they're really good at being the shoulder to cry on. hundred percent. But when it comes, yep. <laughs> yeah. Because it yeah. feels quote selfish, right? Like they oh don't want to be yes! that. 
<laughs> yeah, they don't want to be that. And that's fair, but like, that's not life, right? Like yeah. relationship works both ways. And so, yeah, there's, wow. there's some work there, you know? Oh yeah. There's a lot of work. I was just saying, I was saying on a um, group call I did a few weeks ago, um, we were talking about vulnerability and like my entire body just went, just <laughs> And they were like, Nicole, when was the last time you were vulnerable with someone? I was like, my fiance, and I, I've known him 10 years, and I just started being vulnerable <laughs> two years ago. Like, oh, yeah. It's been yeah. a long time in the making, but yeah. oh, that kills me. That's so funny. I, I want you to continue because oh, I was yeah. on twos forever. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like you do resonate a lot with two, which I'm is curious with the, I'm curious with the three. Yeah. The two is like pretty pretty home yeah and again if they're like wings of yours just know like you don't have you have both but like which one's strongest um okay so three successful achiever this is like the stereotype workaholic people hate that but sometimes they are (laughs) like a lot of times they are um I also say like they just want to be the best at everything so Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's not work necessarily but it's their family or being a mom or being a dad or um being a coach like whatever it is right um, they just want to be the best. And so they are very afraid of like being exposed or being thought of as incompetent, inefficient, worthless, failing to appear or be successful. Um, they have a high desire of wanting to appear successful, <laughs> respected, admired, um, and valued. Like their worth is tied or their value is tied to like what they produce usually. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm not producing, I'm not worthy. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> um, core weakness is deceit, which people are like, Oh, that one sounds bad, you know, but it's yeah. like, it's not necessarily like they're like actively lying. Yeah. Unhealthy, very unhealthy threes could. Right. Yeah. A lot of time it's deceiving yourself. So like whatever image I present to others is who I am, but you're not really letting your authentic self come forth. Um, and because you want to put on this polished persona, someone who has it together, someone who's admirable, um, and the, they're like, so gifted. We call them like chameleons because they can be in a room with anyone and like, just like know who they need to be in that moment. Great skill (laughs) when networking (laughs) also hard because then does anyone really know you? And that's like what you're trying to get. Like when you say, threes is their, their, to be their authentic self. You're, they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I I'm trying You're like, you know, it's hard. It's like hard work for them. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that's just like, you know, not having it together. So like talking about perfectionism, like you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be, um, seen as so successful, right? Like just be you. Yeah. So going to the core longing, what they need to hear and some, and they all, sometimes don't even want to hear it is that you are love for just you, like not what you produce, not what you do, not what you, how you perform, um, but just who you are. Um, and that takes a while for threes to really understand. So yeah. I'm curious what you think there. I know when I was at the height of my perfectionism, like now that I've done like a lot of work on it, mm-hmm. that I need to be the best at everything I do was 
in my blood, in Mm -hmm. everything, needing Mm -hmm. to go above and beyond and no matter what, be the best at it. I I'm really resonating with three or excuse me, two wing three. Cause I definitely see a lot of three in me, but when you were describing two, I was like, Oh my, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It usually like hits somewhere (laughs) different, right? It did. Like three, I feel like really hits on the outside. Whereas two Uh really hits on the inside. Mm, That's Um, a good description. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, people who listen to this podcast who resonate with that. Um, I need to be the best at everything. Uh Um, And so I find that really, really interesting that three has a lot of perfectionism in it with that. I need, I need to be the best. I need to be perceived this certain way. And I definitely saw that very prominently five to 10 years ago in my Mm. life. Now, a little less so. It's now just the vulnerability thing that I'm working on. <laughs> Starting with this podcast. Yes. But oh, this is really interesting. I was not ex- I was not expecting the two wing three. I was expecting it the other way around. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think like, you know, twos are they're both so relational. Like they have a lot of similarities, right? Like they mm-hmm. meet in the middle, but like at the heart of the two is that wanted in love piece where it's a little different for the three, right? Yeah. Um yeah. And also I say threes have it so hard in the culture we live in. Like, oh my God, because do. everything is praising a three, like especially America. I know other parts of the world for sure too, but it's just like all about performance. Like, mm-hmm. right. And it's like, yeah, don't be your authentic self. And we're all getting better, I think. Yeah. But like in the working world, usually corporate, whatever feelings oh, yeah. are still not really a thing. So it's like, yeah, just perform, be a robot. Great. Um, and not that threes are that. I'm not going them robots. Oh, but they like, can be. They can be high, <laughs> high achieving, be. right? Yeah. It could just yeah. be like work, 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 or success, success, success. And like yeah. your praise for that. So it takes a three to like really, really want to change that because yeah. no one really is going to tell them. Well, maybe relationships. Like, well, that's where it kind of shows up, right? Um, but it's hard. So it's funny but, you say like the the thing that they want to hear the most is like you are worthy no matter what like outside of your achievements. I remember the first time we were looking through Enneagram and I was like I am a three hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance who I th- he's he's taken the test a few times he's a six but when you said ones I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that might be it. Um, but mm-hmm. he was like okay like let me just try this out. You are worthy no matter what and I was like. And it's just so funny, like hearing that the first time Mm. felt very insincere and wrong. Mm. And then now he said it so much where I'm just like, okay, fine. I guess I believe Mm. you. (laughs) But now obviously we're, we're much further along with that, but that is, oh, that's just so, so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can see why it's so easy to mistype, right? Even Mm -hmm. just in these first three, like, I know they have so (laughs) many similarities, right? Like even threes and ones mistype a lot because they're both can be really high achieving, almost perfectionistic. But a three, like we, I say efficiency over accuracy, right? Ones that need accuracy. <laughs> threes are like, no, get it done. Like, I don't care. You know, call me out. Why don't and, you? They want, <laughs> yeah, and they want it to be like the best, but they're like, I'm going to do the fastest way to get the results. Like, yep. <laughs> if it's not yep. perfect, whatever. Right. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, yeah. productivity is in, in the blood of three, I feel like. Yes, totally. Oh yes. If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. 
But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. Okay. So fours are the romantic individualist. Um, probably one of the most creative aside, like sevens and fours are probably the most creative, but obviously any type can be right. Um, but more artistically driven usually, but that could look like music that can look like dance, like any sort of creativity you want to, um, name. And, um, they're very aesthetically driven too. And they have a core fear of being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. Um, and this was going to say too, some of these words kind of cross over some of them, but like, if you resonate with the majority of them in one, you know, like, incompetency well a lot of types don't want to be incompetent you know um but like in being significant is a big one for force um being like plain is a big one mundane um so core desires being unique special and authentic so some fours i've heard when i coach like really resonate with the unique part and special some really only resonate with the authentic part um I would say authenticity is probably the like main desire there. Um, Core weakness is envy. And that looks like they feel like they have something tragically flawed or like missing inside of them. And so they're always assessing what everyone else has that they don't. Um, And it could look like, oh, this person has a house or they have what I want, like physically. Um, but it could also look like, wow, I wish I was more outgoing like that person, or I wish I was just more lighthearted, or I've heard a lot of that from force. Yeah. So it doesn't just have to be like, I want their clothes, you know, <laughs> um, their core longing is you are seen in love for exactly who you are special and unique. Um, yeah. So that's, that's force in a nutshell, nutshell. Um, they are, they're going to feel a wide range of emotion. So the stereotype is that they're always sad. And I like to kind of break that by saying true. And sometimes also they feel just the highest of joys and the lowest of sads, right? Um, It's just like the range that they feel is so deep. Um, And that is like their beauty. It's their strength and their weakness, right? Um, Because they can really dwell in sadness and get stuck there. And that's really hard. Um, and that's kind of where that stereotype can come in. But they also can be like some of the happiest people you see. And people don't always understand that about force. Um, Why do you think they get so stuck in that sadness pretty often? I don't say pretty often, but stereotypically. Yeah, yeah because I think they have a fixation on that envy piece mm. of like something's wrong with me or different about me, which is kind of weird because they love that too, right? Yeah. Like they love that about themselves. And it's also their like, their sword to fall on um it's just like (laughs) they are constantly they just see quickly like what people have that they don't also they idealize things a lot so 
um, they always like idealize a better self or a better life. And they just are very imaginative. And so like, I think that those thoughts obviously like lead to depression or sadness because it's like, my life now is not good enough is what it always ends up being. So my work with them is like, let's lean into gratitude. Like let's lean into being happy about the present and like finding joy here. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can acknowledge sadness and pain and all that, but like try to make your focus be more here rather than what could be. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, sometimes I think they're wired that way, you know? Um, And I I feel for them because it's hard when your brain wants to go there more naturally, but it doesn't mean you can't change that pathway. So, yeah. I've coached, I've coached a few fours, but there's one in particular who I know is listening to this podcast and I know (laughs) is just like, God damn it. Just like a call out, but the romant the romanticism of their lives, I definitely yeah. see that pretty often with force. Oh, this, yeah. oh, this is so fascinating. <laughs> I love this. Good. Okay, so um, investigative thinker is the five detective or investigator, whatever you want to call them. Right? They all have lots of names. Whatever name you prefer is great. Um, they are going to be, I think we already chatted a little bit about them, Mm -hmm. but they're just like that cerebral, very thinking center focused type. Um, they do, they fear being like invaded or not existing, (laughs) um, being thought incapable or incompetent, um, is huge. Um, ignorant, um, they do not want obligations placed on them because they have very low energy and they feel like it's just going to suck them dry. So they have a hard time when people put obligations on them or like surprise expectations kind of thing. Um, They have a desire to be capable and competent at most. Like they are very autonomous. So like I would add autonomy in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need you is kind of their thing. Uh, Weakness is avarice, which is they feel like they lack the inner resources and that too much interaction with others is going to fully deplete them. So like, that's kind of why they withhold or isolate. It's out of protection um, and they minimize their needs to like not have to do that. Um, Their core longing is to hear that their needs are not a burden. And so like, that is what I have to really work on with them. It's like, when you get behind the belief that like having needs is like not a burden, um, it's normal, it's human, and it's important to communicate those I feel like that's where the real growth of the five happens um, because then they don't need to isolate so much. Then they don't have to protect and put all these boundaries around themselves Um, because I think people can feel like sometimes fives are so guarded and then it's hard to get to know them, but also they have this like really deep longing for like connection and they often feel like they don't have it. And sometimes they're their worst enemy in that, you know? So that's fives. Any thoughts there? I'm I, I'm trying to think of like I, I I'm trying to think of people outside of like just the clientele that like I know who are yeah. in the five because I, I do have one client who's a five and that very much is accurate. Um, if you have to say like a like a fantasy figure or like a fi- fi- figure in literature or something like that, mm. who would be a five? Who would you throw in this category? I'm mad that I didn't ask this with all the questions. Ah, I with all the any You put me on the spot. I I'm so sorry. 
I mean, if you have any ideas too, I'm trying to think like, I'm trying to think like, I'm the, trying to think the of like a Disney movie where they're isolated and yeah, protective. But by, I don't know if you feel this, like there's two that I feel are really difficult for me to ma- wrap my mind around. Okay. And five is one of them mm. that, that it's harder for me to wrap my mind around. So well, I'm, if you're I'm, a two, then it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're complete opposite. <laughs> they, are. they are. It's funny though, because that core fear of like my needs are not a burden though feels very too. Yeah. Which is interesting, just for totally. completely different reasons. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um gosh, I'll have to come back to you about a character. Sounds good. We'll, we'll return, <laughs> we'll return back to that. But yeah. Um, yeah, they I think they often are misunderstood. Um because sometimes they communicate in like very, I always say they intellectualize their feelings. Mm-hmm. So it can mm-hmm. come off to others who are very feeling centered, like a three or two, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that it's just kind of like, I, I mean, I hate to use the word robotic, but I can't really think of a different word, but sometimes it can feel like that to others. Yeah. But what's hard is like, they don't feel that. Like they feel so deeply. It's just very difficult to communicate. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I'm working on with Fives is like, how do we communicate our feelings um, from a feeling standpoint? Yeah. Also, how do we feel our feelings? That's the hardest thing for them. Um, and just, again, it starts with that like belief, like, okay, I can trust people. I can open up to them. Um, I do have needs. It's okay to ask for things. So, yeah, I do think they can be pretty misunderstood on the surface. I mean, all of us can, but. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Six is, this is actually my type, Mm -hmm. um, loyal guardian. So they are going to be like probably the most fear-based on the Enneagram. They have, sometimes they fear fear itself, which sounds really weird. Only sixes get it, (laughs) but it's like. It's like fear kind of just comes up and you're like, what is this? What is this about? You know, it's like that unknown Um, fear without fear of being without support or guidance. So like they always want to support system, a guidance of some sort outside of themselves. And that like is because they don't always trust themselves. And so they have a lot of self-doubt and all that. And that's kind of why they create the support system or guidance. Um, they do not want to be blamed or targeted, um, physically abandoned. They have a desire to have security, guidance, and support. They Their core weakness is anxiety. Surprise, surprise. And um, <laughs> again, people are always like, well, does that mean no one else can have anxiety? It's like, no. Every single type can have anxiety. Every single type can have some sort of mental health thing. This is more just like, it's kind of their, it's just, yeah, more prominent in them usually. Yeah. Um, so it's basically the anxiety is around predicting and planning worst case scenarios. So sixes are very creative. Okay. You could think of any scenario that you could go wrong. You got it down, which sometimes there's strength. Like you sometimes want a six on your team. Who's like, okay, here's what I see. Here's these potential issues. Like here's what could go wrong. So again, like every type strength and weakness. Yeah. Um, but they they really have to work on that worst case scenario thinking. So what I'm doing a lot of with sixes and I have to do with myself, obviously, and I've grown a lot in is, hey, what about a best case scenario? Mm. So as soon as that worst case scenario comes in, like, well, what if it goes really well? Like, right. They also want to be prepared and plan and all that. Um, 
And then their core longings to hear that they're safe and secure. So again, going back to like childhood, it's like they probably didn't always feel that like anyone was looking out for them. So they had to do that. And so yeah. they're very hyper vigilant um, about like their surroundings. Um, so I would say like how I mistyped originally before this was because I always read sixes as like, you always heard about them as, well, they're always looking for the exit, emergency exit. They're like freaking out all the time. And I just don't feel like that, you know, totally resonate with a lot of it, but um, mine was more emotional safety and emotional support. And it was never described like that. So for me, that's when I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Um, So I always like to say that there are sixes who are always looking for emergency exits, right? But some of us are not as much that we're more concerned with like, how is everything happening emotionally, which could look more like a two, which is what I yeah. mistyped as. Um, so yeah, if that makes sense. Well, and I'm, I'm curious because a lot of the times I feel like with sixes, they're looked at very negatively. Um, yes. And it, it's, it's such a, it does six is such a disservice. So like, what does a, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, a healthy six Mm-hmm. What does that really look like? Is it is it looking at the best case scenarios? Um, what else as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely bringing in more best case scenario, kind of like changing your thought pattern of that. Um, also, I would say like really, so they're connected to three, which we're not getting into today. But like each type is connected. We need a four to hour different... podcast. I know for that one. it could be really good. <laughs> But we have these paths. I'll just give you a quick thing of like stress path, growth path. I teach that you pull from both in healthy and unhealthy ways, actually. So six, for example, is connected to a three and nine. So that means I can pull from a three, healthy and unhealthy, pull from a nine, healthy and healthy. And what you want to do is pull from both. So like in a healthy way. So a a healthy six would look like more peace filled because that's kind of more nine, like more peace of mind, less worry focused. Um, being able to like relax their mind more. Right. And then the three is actually confident. Like you're more confident in yourself. You're projecting that more into life. Um, You're really addressing that self-doubt also trusting yourself and trusting other people. Big one. Um, Yeah. And I think that is, it's hard work. It's hard work for every single type. Um, I will just say I've been in therapy. I've done a lot of like different work. I'm always like, wanting to grow. And I, of course, have more to grow. Uh, But I would say, yeah, especially like things like therapy, learning about your mind is so important and how to address those thoughts um, is big. But yeah, it will look like more confident, more peace-filled, all those kind of things. Um, But also on the, I think people don't hear like sixes are so um, caring and like warm about like a group. They really care about a group mentality. They can actually be great um, like for justice causes. Like they see those things that they want to call out. Yeah. Um, they sometimes run at their fear. There are sixes who are more ones who run at their fear to address it and sixes who run away from it. Um, so counterphobic and phobic is what it's called. And again, I could keep going, but <laughs> basically <laughs> there's a lot. So I would say, yeah, they're, they're another type that's usually yeah. understood to just be these like complete worry words. Also, I would say their anxiety sometimes is very subtle underneath the surface that they don't share with others. Oh yeah. So I retract my earlier statement about my fiance possible being a one. Oh, you're he like, he's six. not. He is a six. <laughs> like, oh, he is? No, <laughs> hands down. He is a okay. six times a million. That is, yes. that is it. 
Well, oh, that could goodness. be a great pairing for you guys. Well, and I, you, I, I love that. Um, you mentioned like some sixes like run at their fears yeah. and like he's really in the past few years trained that muscle yes. and now he is someone who just like runs right at it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, like look over at him. I'm like, Damn! How do you do that? That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's big. Um, Yeah, that's really big. What about sevens? Okay, entertaining optimists. So they are like the stereotypical, like fun one, right? Like everyone wants to be a seven. Um, they are the usually like the party people, like always want to be up for a good time. That doesn't mean they can't be introverted. People are always like, "What if I'm not the?" Center of attention all the time. I'm like, great, you can still be seven. It's okay. Um, so their core fear is being deprived, trapped in pain. Um, they do like want to avoid pain at all costs. They do not want to be bored or miss out on something or people getting in their way of their fun. Um, so they have a core desire to be like happy, content, satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a core weakness of gluttony, which could be food for them if that's your thing. But really it's like they are just need to consume, consume, consume experiences, stimulation, anything to kind of distract themselves because they feel this like emptiness inside. They won't admit that because they're constantly filling their life with things, you know? So they don't always feel that until they're maybe forced to. Um, mm. But they're just trying to avoid any of that pain or negativity in their life. And so they're just filling Filling life, insatiable desire to fill life with experiences, fun, adventure, you name it. Um, and then they need to hear that they will be taken care of. Um, so oftentimes they like knew they had to just like create their own fun or create their own escape, right? Um, and so often they just need to hear that part. So yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. I, I, but like, I will it, say everyone wants to be a seven. <laughs> I'm it's like, interesting because I used to seven. I used to hear sevens and I'd be like, this is like because I used to be like super crazy partier and I had a very uh-huh. ripping the band-aid off, getting out of yeah. that, getting out of that life. So I think I always associated seven with like that crazy party life. And mm-hmm. so whenever people are like, ooh, sevens, like, you know, everyone wants to be a seven, I'm like, oh, get out. I like freak out. I'm like, not me. But, um, yeah. but it does, it does make a lot of sense as people who are just like always the life of the party, but yes. I'm, I'm really glad you hit on the fact that they also can be introverted because uh-huh. I've met a few introverted sevens who they say that they're a seven and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Like, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. And what it looks like is like, they don't mind being alone, but they're still going to do these seven things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like some sevens like have to be with people to create all this like fun and adventure and excitement. But some sevens are like, no, I'll go on a caravan by myself and travel the world. I don't care. You know, but they're again, still doing those patterns. Um, Yeah. And I think like sevens also like every type can be misunderstood. They're like so surface level or they don't care about emotions or deep feelings. That's not true. They definitely do. Um, It's just very hard to like train to be sit in that because they're so afraid of being stuck in it so often they can it's just going to be like a quick moving on after you know oh, interesting. yes that's seven people. okay we're getting close said this too yeah we're so close okay <laughs> protective eight. challengers eight um they are again talk about misunderstood slash stereotype of like this intense angry person um and could be true if they're unhealthy there are lots of eights like that for sure uh also not always true so they have a core fear of being weak, powerless, um, manipulated, controlled, vulnerable, or appearing as weak. Um, mm-hmm. 
they desire to protect themselves and those in their inner circle. So they are very protective of their people. You always want to be on an AIDS team because <laughs> they will stand up for you, oh, yeah. show up for you. Um, but also they're going to project themselves at all costs too. They have a weakness of lust or excess, which looks like they just, the simplest way to say it is they just want more. They want more intensity. They want more control. They want more power. Um, they can push their agenda onto others often mm-hmm. um, to get what they want and what they need. Like if you're in my way, you're going to get plowed over. And that's where the stereotype can come in. Um, obviously, sometimes that looks different for other eights, but it's kind of like can be a my way or the highway kind of thing, Yeah, um, which is very detrimental to relationships. But there are so many healthy eights. The misunderstanding is that they have such a tender heart underneath. It's just very hard for them to trust you to show it. Yeah. Trust is big. And with that being said, their core longing is they do not want to be betrayed. So they just need to hear you like you will not be betrayed. Mm-hmm. So that's eights. It's funny. I know one at least comes to mind. One eight who on the surface, you would think she's a two. Like hands wow, down. Yeah. So caring. So in love with everyone else. Mm-hmm. But she, I mean she can turn on the like challenger side really quick. Not like a God, you're a bitch. Like not that, like just more like stands up for herself. And she is your ride or die. Like Mm. she will pick you up from jail at two in the morning if you need it. And it's just like, I, I, I really, I, I, I'm glad you touched on how they can be really misunderstood because eights are everyone. Everyone needs an eight in their life. Totally. Like, yeah. And you never like, you never don't know what they're thinking, which is kind of, oh, yeah. <laughs> like they're going to be direct and honest. Obviously sometimes it's rude or hurts. That's the work for them, but they're going to be honest with you yeah. and direct. And like, you don't have to guess in your relationship, which is really nice. Yes. Um, also they're connected to two, like we talked about with past. And so, yeah, that's their work is to be more two like. Interesting. Um, yeah. And also like if you are a two, then you're connected to eight, which is can so serve a two. So that's part of the growth too, is like challenge that eight of like eights like boundaries. Like so pull in your boundaries, right? Or like stand up for yourself. Yeah. Assert your like, you know, needs. That is the eight that you can kind of challenge um yourself with as a two. So I like this. Oh, okay. Peace one, bring it home. <laughs> I know. Type nine. Um, so they are just like known as the sweethearts of the Enneagram. Let's be real. Um, they have a core fear of being in conflict, tension, discord of any kind. Um, they do not want to be shut out or overlooked. Often I hear a lot of nines say like, that is their pain. Is like, I feel very overlooked by people. Um, mm-hmm. Losing connection in relationship with others. And they can really mistype as twos. Cause that is similar. That relational connection is very important. Um, they desire having inner stability and peace of mind. So mm-hmm. peace internally, peace outwardly, like don't want to cause any issues outwardly. Also don't want to feel anything internally. So their weakness is sloth, which again, people misunderstand as like laziness. Mm-hmm. Again, it could be, but a lot of nines are like some of the busiest people I know. Yeah. You know, they are just going, going, going. And the problem is they are not prioritizing themselves ever, ever. So we like to say like they're falling asleep to themselves. They're falling asleep to their desires, their needs, um, because they just want to keep peace. So like they actually have anger and they don't ever pay attention to it. 
Um, they don't acknowledge it. They are going to be merging with other people. Like, well, what do you want to do? Kind of like just not asserting their needs or opinions often. Um, and that ironically can create more conflict. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm married to one. So I was going to ask if your partner this. was a nine. Yeah. I feel yes. like you mentioned yes. that. Yeah, he is. And it's been really fun to just see that because yeah, like when they do come alive and do assert those things, it's so fun to watch because I know how hard that is for them. Um, Your longing though, or their longing is to say that their presence matters. So again, that overlooked thing, often they, they need someone to acknowledge that like they are there, their presence matters, their opinion matters, but they have to really believe that in order to share their opinion. Yeah. They also have to really address this like fear of conflict because I often tell nines like you by not addressing conflict could lead to more conflict. And sometimes conflict is necessary to have more intimacy, to have more connection. So it's very, it's like contradiction, right? Of their type. Um, But at the same time, they are just like some of the easiest people to be around, honestly, (laughs) because they kind of go along to get along. But um, at the same time, just very caring and loving people um, want the best for everyone, show Mm -hmm. up for everyone. Um, But yeah, they have a lot of work to do too. So, okay. that was, I want to like give you a round of applause. (laughs) That was amazing. No, sorry. That was talking a lot. No, that's exactly. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm like looking over at our sheet and I'm like, you answered all the questions in each of those types. So it's so beautiful. My, I, I do have a question before we get into segments, which is if someone's listening to this and they just listen to all of those nine numbers and they're like, yeah. Oh my God, I just got so called yeah. out as a seven or whatever. <laughs> um, what would a next step be for these people who yeah. just got added hard? Yeah. I mean, it's up to you of your deep dive into the Enneagram that you want to go. Right. Um, I would say, yeah, continue to read these court motivations. They're online. Like you can go to my website. There's a sheet that has all of them to like, print out and look at. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, I'm going to do a shameless plug, but like, that's why I do coaching. (laughs) It's just like, it's so hard to really know your type, um, and to know how it actually can serve you and your strengths and also the areas you need to grow in. So that's what I go through is that like deep dive. You can totally also like, if you don't want to do coaching, you, there's so many books out there. Like, um, I always say, start with the road back to you, which is a very simplified form. Um, it's by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. Um, and you can buy that like Amazon anywhere really. And that goes through all nine types. And then you also get to kind of read about these paths we were talking about. It's very like, um, surface level, you're just getting a little bit of what you need. So if that's your vibe, great. I think a book like that could help also Instagram, um, there's yeah. so many Enneagram counts. Can you plug your Instagram? Because your Instagram posts about Enneagram are spookily accurate. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. You're um, yeah. <laughs> at, at Enneagram with Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y. Um, yeah. And I I put I try to post like, you know, different. I'm trying to educate people on their type or, you know, challenge them in their type. But at the same time, people sometimes confuse themselves more with Instagram. Like, cause you're again, like there's only so much you can put right on that. And there's, it's so nuanced. The Enneagram is so complex. There's so many layers you can get to. Um, so if you're looking for that, I would say coaching, but if you want to just do surface kind of understand your type and like some of the more, um, surface level stuff, Instagram and, um, books are really good. 
So amazing. Will you plug your website so people can go find that? Yes. Similar to my Enneagram. I mean, my (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Enneagrams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's, uh, enneagramwithkelsey.com. Beautiful. And there is like all the information on my coaching programs and you can reach out to me and all that there too. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'll have all of those links also in the show cool. notes to your Instagram, to your website, all yeah. that good stuff. So click below, sweet friends, because yes. I'm about to go get that sheet. <laughs> like, I swear, that's amazing. Um, yes. My two questions for you that I ask every guest at the end of the episode is, how were you a perfectionist this week? Oh, so interesting. I think for me, perfectionism looks more because I'm not like that organizational kind of perfectionist or anything like that. I'm very internal kind of more so like I'm very hard on myself. And so, um, yeah, my business has been taking off, which is very exciting. Um, at the same time, it's forced me to like really trying to understand my self care. Um, also like just, you know, valuing my family, my, my personal life, um, my mental health, And I think that I just was like, oh, just more outward focus this week of like, well, just show up for every single one of these, like book, 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 you know, kind of like, I guess that's how I would say perfectionistic. And so when I didn't show up my best or, you know, maybe felt like I messed up in some way this week, um, either with like scheduling or you know, just like maybe didn't show up as my best self because I was tired or whatever. Right. To my clients. It just was like, okay. Like, like hard on myself about it. Like just those phrases we tell ourselves or like, you're not good enough. or like, see, um, yeah. And so I think it shows up that way Yeah, a lot for me. Um, especially cause like, I'm kind of still new of like running my own business and, um, all of that. And there's just a lot I don't know, or like, you know, random things I'm learning and learning as you go. And then I have like, um, and I'm doing it all myself, which is yeah. great. But at the same time, I think I just like, don't give myself enough grace um, in those areas. So yeah. I hope that answered your question. And absolutely. And thank you <laughs> okay. so much for being so vulnerable about that, yeah. because we can be in business for 10 years and still be like, what? what, what, Uh like, you know, like there's still like, what's the quote? New level, new devil. Like Mm. every, every new level you reach, there's a new devil. Yeah. That's good. That's um, really good. And scheduling is learning your scheduling boundaries. I feel like I'm still learning them and I teach them <laughs> often. Like it's hard. I can it's do that. Harder. Right. And then yeah, I'm like, right? why I did I do that to myself? <laughs> be on camera for five hours today. And then uh-huh. it gets to the end of the day. And I like look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, wow, you look like you got hit by a bus. So like, mm-hmm. um, yes. what about my second question for you is, uh, what is a small goal, bigger, small goal, um, that you took steps towards achieving this week? I just feel like it's kind of the flip side of that. It was like, I realized, okay, this is a lot. Like I'm, I'm yeah. doing a lot. I'm trying to do a lot and I'm not, I'm, sh- I'm not doing it well right now. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that I need to like create more like set schedules and say no to things. Like just cause I can, doesn't mean I should. Right. Um, everyone so- go back 15 seconds and listen to that again. <laughs> Everyone play that back one more time. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Like, oh, I can do that the week before. And then I get there. I'm like, why would I do that to myself? So, yeah. um, and it's actually not fair to clients, right? Like if you're 
if you're exhausted, you're not showing up. So I'm trying to remember that. So that's been a big one is like, say no. And like, it's okay, you know, yeah. or it's okay to turn someone down at the time that you can't do that or whatever. Like don't bend over backwards. Like this is okay <laughs> um, for your mental health. Yes. So I think I've just, as I realized that this week in my perfectionistic uh, question, I just answered was, okay, now I'm going to make, like, I just recently got um, a new software system and that's been amazing. <laughs> Do you mind sharing what it is for um, HoneyBook? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Honeybook's been coming up left and right recently. Okay. What do you have? Because so, I know you have something. Right? Um, I do Acuity for my scheduling, and okay. then like PayPal and Stripe for my my payment plans. But um, nice. But I have a lot of people who use Honeybook, including my wedding photographer, and she's just obsessed with it. So yes, I, I see a lot of people loving it. So yeah, new and entrepreneurs, a, go check it out. I delegated like workout. Like I had a friend um, who's so good at that stuff. She's a one. So like, she knows what she's doing. Um, and I was like, clearly I know this is not my strength, you know, like, can you help me? And she was amazing. And so she set it up for me. I did all the like content and stuff. And so that is like, it's almost like hiring someone. It's just like so helpful. Um, and I just think I was dragging my feet on it. So that was a big goal for sure. Um, but now it's just kind of like still learning within that. (laughs) Okay. Like what is a healthy, rhythm of life now yeah. um so i feel like it takes yeah. so much trial and error like throwing spaghetti at the wall yeah. like okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna coach only mondays and wednesdays oh no i'm not my best on mondays let's try <laughs> tuesdays like you know it's like yeah. you gotta yeah. throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks and i know there's a lot of people out there who need to throw some spaghetti at the wall yes so. oh my yes, gosh that high achieving type like that yeah Oh yeah. Well, I love, like, thank you so much for being a six who's a high (laughs) achiever, who's starting her own business. Like Mm. I feel like six is so often because they're so like, they're tight to risk averse and like risk averse. It's like, well, you can't be a CEO or an entrepreneur. And it's like Mm -hmm. bullshit. Like you can't. So thank you for being a beautiful example. Like I love that. Paving the way imperfectly, you know? No. Um, yeah, no. And I think I'm like proud of myself for that, you know, because I think two to three years ago, I'm like, I'm never do that. Yeah. you know? Um, and so I'm, it's obviously hard and I still have those like anxious thoughts about it sometimes, but I also love what I'm doing and I'm very firm and like, this is what I want to do. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could talk to you for hours, but I'll see I know, know this is so fun. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure we're, go- we're out of time? Like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm unbelievably grateful. This was yes. such a rich episode. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. One more time. Where can people follow you? Because I I'm making it homework for people listening <laughs> to this podcast to at least go follow you on Instagram. Thank You're you. so good at what you do. Oh, thank you. Um, at Enneagram with Kelsey. Yeah. And I would say like, yeah, start on Instagram if that's your thing, if social media is your thing. And then for like, for sure, want to do coaching, go to my website, but you can again, find that on my, like in my bio. Um, well, and this is like so. a perfect example. I, I've been typing myself through quizzes and social media. I'm like, mm-hmm. I and it's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah but like but the same time for someone like you who's like I think it's so great and a test is what you kind of just have to go off of yeah. you know and I think it is a great starting point um for people so like I'm not like bashing tests right or like totally. even Instagram or whatever but I just think for some people it can confuse you more yeah. so just understand that like if you're in that loop of like 
I tested as this. I don't feel as like, okay, just stop testing, go to your core motivations, read through them. Um, I'll send that to you too. It's like all free. Please. So yeah. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. I'll send it to you, but Amazing. no, this oh. has been so rich for me as well. And thank you so much for having me. It's you're so easy to talk to. And like, yeah. this is such a fun environment. So thank oh, that you. means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, um, run to go and check out all things Kelsey because she's amazing. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at Enneagram with Kelsey. You can also go find her nine types PDF, which I have linked in the show notes. And if Enneagram coaching is something you'd like to explore and you resonated with her message and how she speaks about it, oh my God, go check her out. <laughs> like she's amazing. She's at Enneagram with Kelsey.com. All these links are in the show notes. I strongly encourage you guys to go check them out and let her know as you listen to this episode, what type are you? And actually let me know too, because I'm very curious. The Enneagram is something I find unbelievably fascinating. So go let her know. And if this episode resonated with you, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and please tag me and Kelsey and go ahead and throw your Enneagram number on there. Why not? Let's have fun with it. A very quick announcement before we say goodbye, ta-ta for the end of this episode. This is an announcement I have been wanting to make for like four months now. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is apparently a very big day for Nicole where I get to do like an Enneagram episode that's been in the works for two years. Make the announcement that I've been working on for four months with amazing people. Oh, big day this October 4th. Okay. I am co-hosting a full day event with three other incredible coaches. I mean, I don't know. I cannot speak highly enough of these women. This is a full day event for any new to intermediate entrepreneurs who feel like they're flailing or like they don't have a clear strategy or feel like they're screaming into the void and no one's wanting to buy. Or maybe they feel like they need a clear marketing strategy that will turn people, followers, subscribers into clients and customers. Or, and I hear this one a lot, especially in this community, you are comparing yourself to everyone you see on social media, wondering why everything on their business is so successful, why you suck, why you're failing, when will it ever take off? When will you ever be as successful as them? And you beat yourself up for it. If any of those sound like you, this event, it was not just made for you. It was crafted with love and TLC just just for you. The four of us, um, it's me and a marketing and sales coach, Amber Alexis. She's actually been on the podcast before. Email marketing and brand strategist, uh, Lovingly Bold is her Instagram handle. Her name is Wendy Ramirez. She's amazing. And Sabrina, who is a strategist, who is a systems wizard. She is the person who makes it so your business can run when you're not in it. And I don't know about you, that sounds pretty dope to me. I could have used Sabrina when I first started, hands down. But all four of us have not only been at that stage where it's screaming into the void, where it feels like nothing's working, but we all, as cheesy as it sounds, we all overcame that and built four incredibly successful businesses. And now we're going to take a full day, like I'm talking full day, like eight hours to dive into how to do it 
So you do not have to do that trial, that error, that flailing anymore. So you get to cut that time down for yourself and just start taking action. This is something we are so proud of. We are actually working with some leading um, uh, sponsors in the um, in the industry, some of really big names in the online, online business space are sponsoring us. They are offering gifts to attendees. I am just, I am blown away at how, how this is coming together. I'm just truly blown away. So in this full day event, we dive into sales, into email marketing, into having systems that build up your business. And so it works even when you're not working. Money mindset, how to charge. Whoa, boy, that's a big one. And of course, how to overcome perfectionism in your business and the power of CEO-like productivity. There's so much more we're covering. Those are just the highlights, but I am, can you tell I'm really excited? I am really excited for this. So right now the wait list for the event is open and available to you. If you not only want to get some serious discounts, like I'm talking like 50% off discounts, Ayo. Um, but also if you want to be the first to know about all the goodies we have in store, including the sponsored gifts, including the leading brands that are giving away gifts at this event, I'm so excited. Um, so right now that wait list is open and you can find it by clicking the link in the show notes. Tickets are not on sale yet, but if you're on the wait list, you will be the only ones who know about those discounted tickets when they do go on sale in a few weeks. So get on the wait list. I'm so excited. I am so, so, so excited. And, um, I know the other three girls as well are, we're going to actually have them on the podcast soon, kind of talking about their entrepreneur journey. Lots of really cool stuff happening in this world. But if you are a new entrepreneur, this is, this is the event I wish I had when I was a new entrepreneur. And I know Sabrina, Wendy, and Amber all feel the same way. So, get on the wait list, get on it. If you are a business owner. And also if you are several years into your business, but things aren't going your way, you're wondering why people aren't turning into customers. You're wondering why you're not hitting those income months that you want. You're wondering why um, your social media strategy isn't working the way you want. You're wondering why you can't charge more, all those little things. This event is still for you. This is not just for new entrepreneurs. This is for people who want to get that foundation rock solid so you can build the mansion of your dreams, if you will. So again, go join the waitlist. It is below in the show notes. I'm excited. I love you, sweet friends. Again, if this episode resonated with you, share it with a friend, share it on social, tag me and Kelsey. I adore you all and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.